Well, praise the Lord. It's an opportunity, wonderful opportunity again that I have to introduce Mike to you. Uh, Mike and I have been knowing each other since um, 93. Uh, that's when my son went to YWAM, and Mike was the, the YWAM, um, the guy that's going to take him out on the tour. Anyway, the YWAM guy. And, uh, yeah, he was one, you know how he got started in that? He was preaching in a, a pastor in a church up in his, uh, up in Maryland, where he was raised up there, and this YWAM group came through. I may be leaving out a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, YWAM group came through and and just spoke out uh, all that they were doing, grabbed Mike's heart, and when they went out the door, he went out the door with them. <laughs> and it's been that way. He's just been uh, out on that mission field ever since, uh, that particular kind of mission field. So uh, my son uh, wound up in the first DTS uh, group that was in western North Carolina, I think, uh, as it had a base here. It was over in Lake Lure. And uh, we went over there uh, the summer, late summer, sort of, of 93. And Mike was up on the roof fixing the roof of uh, one of the little cottages that's going to stay in down there. And... Uh, that's uh, that started it, and you know I, a few years after that, well, their trip went to Bulgaria, and uh, my son in that trip. Um, a couple of years later, I think it was, uh, I went with him on a trip over there as well. Uh, we've made several trips since then, um, working with the Gypsy people over there. Michael will tell you some about that. I think he has a few. Uh, pictures to show you as well. Uh, he's got a great word. Uh, he's got a heart for Jesus and a heart for the people uh, of all the earth and for you. And I think you're going to see that today. Uh, you're going to hear it because uh, the Lord really is doing a great work. And, and we have all been uh, most of us here have been a part in some way of missions or giving or going. So, uh, you know, it hits all of our hearts. It really does. It's a, it's a good thing, and he is a good shot in the arm, and uh, we just uh, love him. Mike, I want you to come right on up and share what you got. And uh, we love to have him, and we want to say now the kids can go to their classes. At this time, so this is my buddy, little little buddies. This is my buddy here. I've been hanging around with Mike for a while, and uh, so you're going to make some friends too. And the Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. Love you, Mike. How's everybody? Huh? that working? We good? All right. Well, Father, we just want to thank you today for each person that's here. We ask, Lord, that your heart would draw their hearts. I pray, Father, there'd be an openness, God, to the work of the Holy Spirit. Anything you want to do, God, we just surrender to you today. Surrender what I want to do, and I give it to you. And, Father, we give you glory and praise for everything you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I need your permission this morning uh, to talk to you. That's okay. I'm going to, uh, I want to see what God wants to do for you. You might have thought I'd come here for me, but God sent me here for you. Same way with the gypsies. I always thought they needed me, but... I needed them. We'll start out a little bit here and just give you a little bit of background, just telling you that um, gypsies are, are a race of people, just like Germans or French or Italians. They're, they're a group that doesn't have a country. They, they often say they're one of the lost tribes. I said, I can see it. <laughs> you act like one of the lost tribes. Uh, 
But the truth of the matter is there are a hated race of people in Europe right now. There's about two million in Bulgaria that, that in, the, in the country that we work in. But they've, they've been all over the world. Uh, they speak a living language. And so they have the ability to, to, the guy from Argentina can talk to the guy in Siberia and still have a little bit of understanding of the Hindi that they speak. Uh, but, but with that, um, they, they've become a race of people that have, uh, have, have tried to abscond with the, with the world. They, uh, everything you think about a gypsy, it's true. Uh, but the ones that, that God's let me see, that when you've been a hated race of people for a thousand years, and all of a sudden you meet the Christ, the living one, it transforms them. And so I see transformation in their lives. And so I just want to talk to you today a lot about transformation. Uh, this picture you see up there, uh, it was 10 cents. Got to spend 15 minutes in, each, in the pool. No, that's not true. That, that's baptism. This is, uh, this is about the, the 30th of, of February, and it's about 40 degrees that day. It warmed up. And uh, I'll just tell you the truth. They heated the water up in the scalding pots for the hogs. Uh, this is what they did. So we, got, we had a little bit of warm water for a little bit, but we, we baptized 27 new believers that day, and uh, it was glorious. The, uh, you know, you know how you remember you watch Andy Taylor and the guy Otis, you know, he always is in the cell and well, we got a guy in the village named Rocco and Rocco came to Jesus and he shaved and he showed up for church and I wasn't sure who he was <laughs> because I said, Rocco, is that you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. But, um, but God is in the business of transforming lives and you know how he does it? He uses you and me because you have the spirit of reconciliation. You've been given this gift to reconcile the world back to God. He could do it all to snap his fingers, but he didn't choose to do it that way. He uses us. And it's important for you to understand that you have that gift. You have that authority. You walk in that. And so I want, I want to start out and just I want to read you a scripture out of Jeremiah. And it's a. It's probably familiar scriptures to you, but, but it, it's for you today. I felt like the Lord wanted me to, to read this to you all. It's chapter 1 and verse 4. And it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Now here it comes. This is yours. Okay, you ready? And he says, See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, and to destroy, and to throw down, and to build, and to plant. Say amen. amen. Say amen, church. Because that's what you're to do. God's calling you to pull down strongholds in this world we live in. He's calling you to pull down all the things that the enemy thought that he had authority over in this world. And you need to arrest him. I give you, I deputize you today as the sheriff of the kingdom of God because the enemy has tried and come against and he is not, he has taken a place that is not his. And so I want to encourage you today that you are sheriffs in the kingdom of God. And I want you to understand you are to arrest the attack of the enemy. We see an attack like never before on this generation of millennials. This attack has never been so plain as I see it today. And it's because they're a chosen generation. This generation of kids that are coming up, they are the ones through the tip of the spear. And we're going, man, that's a, that don't look like a tip of a spear to me. But because we've allowed the enemy to tear them up, beat them up. The drug addiction in my town, we've lost 50 people last year, 50 kids. They didn't just get sick, but they died. 50 of them in my hometown. Narcan is, 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 is on every ambulance where we live. Sometimes in the ERs, they'll have 20 and 30 overdoses in an evening. Some of the kids, they'll they'll actually get brought back with Narcan and they'll end up back in there and die. They went back home and shot up two hours later. 
I'm telling you, we are in a war for the souls of our nation, for the souls of our kids. And, and every one of us in here have been touched by it. I don't care who you are in here. Somewhere, someplace in your family, drugs has touched you. And it has attacked, and it no longer has the authority and the right. But we, as the kingdom of God, we, as the church, are called to pull down strongholds. It's telling us right here, I see this day set over the nations, over the kingdom, to root out, to pull down, and to destroy, and to throw down, and to build, and to plant. So I'm here to tell you, put on your big boy pants. Put on your big girl pants. I'm telling you that you are the ones called in this day. You are the tip of the spear. You are the ones right now is ushering in the kingdom of God. We are called in these days to usher in the kingdom. The, the Lord's prayer says, pray, Father, give me this. Let me see your kingdom come. I want you to see yourselves not from earth to heaven, but I want you to see yourself from heaven to earth. If you begin to see who you are in Christ, if you begin to see how God sees you, He already sees you as a finished work. He already sees you you're bigger than every demon in hell. He already sees you that you have authority over every sickness and disease. When He said it is finished, it is finished. So I want to encourage you that you know today that you are in a place that God wants to use you. God wants to use you, brother. Get ready. Put your big boy pants on because it's coming. Okay? I want to encourage you. But you know what? It's not easy. A runner, when he runs a race, it takes, it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a, a lot of getting up earlier than everybody else and getting your nose in the Word. It takes you staying up later with people that are crying and snotting all over themselves. Ministry is a dirty business, if you ain't noticed yet. And so I want to encourage you that you are they. You are the ones that they're talking about here. You are the ones that are to tear down, to pull out, to root out, and you're to touch the nations. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. I want you to know what nation is God calling you to affect? What is the nation that God's got on your heart? What place is it? What village is it? I just got a little village someplace in the, in the middle of South Central Bulgaria that's a village that I've been going to for 24 years. And that's where I know God's got me to be. He's called us there. My wife, Terry. Say hi, Terry. If, if it wasn't for Terry, I wouldn't be there. If it wasn't for Jesus calling us there and her answering the call, I wouldn't have went there. But I've got to tell you the truth. Terry had breast cancer three years ago, and it wasn't until then she was willing to go live in a gypsy village. Sometimes God will shake your tree, and it ain't always bananas that fall out of it. Okay? So I want to encourage you that you are, to, you are called in these days to step out. I don't care what it is that you're called to do. God has already been there and made it happen, and it's going to be accomplished. You and God are successful. You and God are partners. And there's no weapon formed against you that can prosper. None. No weapon. And we're to take every thought into captivity. The problem is the war is here. We think it's out there. No, that's our seed out there. The world out there, that is our seed. That is our mission field. And I want to call you, every one of you in here are missionaries. Every one of you, wherever you are, God is calling you to reach peoples, to reach people, to sing people. If it's in the market line, if it's coming through McDonald's, if it's someplace at a ball game, you are salt and light. And I got to do something. You'll think I'm as crazy as a loon, but I got to do it. Okay. You put them dresses up. Now, I was hoping some of you would run with me. But uh, what we do is we change atmospheres. Okay? Now, if you know me real good, you know the last thing I want to do is run around church. That's not on my thing to do. But when God says, hey, Mike, you want a blessing? You want to run? I'll run. And so I want to encourage you that everything that God asks you to do is not exactly the way you want it. But there's a reason. Sometimes we've got to be a little bit uncomfortable. 
Sometimes we got to be called to do things we wouldn't necessarily do. I was a railroader. Okay? I had one of them, them good jobs where you sit in a truck, and if the trumpet happened, they called you. If not, you stay in the truck. And God called me to lay it down. Call me to lay it down, let's go. I want to read a scripture. If you can put this up there, Jojo. Matthew 10. Now this is yours too. Root out, pull down, and build up. That's where you are. God's calling you to do that. Let's go to Matthew 10. Glory. They say amen in this church? Okay. In verse 7 it says, And as you say, you go, preach. It didn't say, wait until you go, or maybe you'll get a sign, or maybe God will send you a telegraph. But he says, as you go. As you go, it's active. I want you to understand that you are going. You're going somewhere. Right now in your life, you're going somewhere. I don't care what the world says or what, what you think, but you are going somewhere. And God wants to use you right where you at. God wants to use your personality. He's called you. He didn't call you to be like me. He didn't call me to be like somebody else. He called you just the way you are. And so I want to encourage you, if you're comfortable in your skin, because Jesus loves you in it, so I want to encourage you that God wants to use you. Corinthians 1.27 says, He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Can anybody get an amen? Can you understand, you know what the chances are of me going to Bulgaria? You know, what's the chances? I'm from a community of about 400 people in a little town in backwoodsy Maryland. Why did I, why did he pick me? Well, I can figure he ran out of the good people, so he sent me. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. God didn't call me to Wall Street. He called me to a gypsy village. Because I fit there. I fit there. And God can use you where you are. He, you fit. There's places in ministry and callings that you have that you fit. And don't you tell me you're too young. Oh, it's, oh I'm just a kid. No, you don't. Don't you say that. And don't you tell me, oh, I'm, I'm retired. And I'm, there's not. Don't you dare tell me that you're retired. Do you see anybody retiring in the kingdom of God? Do you read anywhere in the scriptures where they said, we retired. We quit preaching, teaching, sharing the gospel. We quit, quit putting on diapers and wiping snotty nose and going and feeding the homeless. Tell me where that's at. It ain't in there. And so I want to encourage you. Let's go to, let's go to Luke 19. Or Luke 10, I'm sorry. Everybody with me? We, we go in the same place? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 19, Luke 10, 19. And he says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any ways hurt you. Nothing. I don't care if it's your, it's your neighbor. I don't care if it's a, it's a friend that hurt you. I don't care if it's somebody in church hurt you. It says nothing. Nothing. Because if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we keep our eyes on the prize, we keep our eyes on the call and the purposes God put in us, we don't have time to get hurt. You know why so many people get their feelings hurt in the church? Because they ain't doing nothing. I'll just tell you just the way it is. Because I've got my feelings hurt in church. You know what happened? I wasn't doing nothing. So I want to encourage you. If you've been hurt, glorify God. Say, Amen. John Wesley was preaching one day. And he says, God, I've been preaching now and no one's persecuting me. And the next thing he says, praise God, somebody just whizzed a brick past my head. I'm just telling you, when you're doing something, you ain't got time. You ain't got time to worry about the little stuff. But thank God for men like that that set an example. And you have people in your life that are examples to you. You have people in your life that has has set an example. You have a legacy for your kids, for your family, for your church, for this world. That you have a legacy of who you are in Christ. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to encourage you. Hebrews says I can spur you on. And I am. What do you want to be? What do you want to do for the kingdom? Who is it you can touch? Anybody got fingerprints like you? No. Anybody have your voice pattern? No. Is anybody fearfully and wonderfully made like you? You. God's calling you just where you are. Brother back there in the back. This guy. 
God bless you, brother. Lord wants to use you. He's calling you. He's calling you. I don't know what that means, but he's calling you. Amen? You got your ears on? Amen. And I just want you to know, God's calling his people every day. He's saying, come on, come on. He says, he didn't wait. The scriptures in in Matthew says, as you go. You know, two-thirds of God's name is go. Huh? A lot of people say, well, I'm just waiting on God to tell me what. He already said go. And so I want to encourage you, do not despise small beginnings. God is calling you right where you are. Maybe some of you just want to go drill well in the South Sudan. Maybe some of you just want to come to the Gypsy Village and just, just hug on some kids and help them get to their schoolwork done. I don't know what it is God's calling you. Maybe there's some place right here that God's calling and using you. But I want to encourage you. You understand that? Everybody say encouraged. I am encouraged and I am anointed. To do the work of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Look at that. Look at that. Don't we feel better? I want you to try something else. I want you to put your hand right there. Okay? Right there where your spirit lives. And we're going to say Jesus three times. Ready? Jesus. 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 Now, tell me you don't feel better. Every one of you has got a smile on your face. Look at you. Because when the spirit of God starts moving inside of us. And he starts telling us, it's time, it's time, it's, it's get moving. And so I want to encourage you that ministry is like getting the chicken pox. Once you start doing it, everybody around you, you get affected. You, you affect people where you are. The same way with missions. Bob's affected. He can't help it. Everywhere he wants to go on every mission trip there is. You ask him. He sees somebody on TV going someplace. He wants to go. Because you get affected with it. You, you, because you know what's on the other side of that plane trip. You know what's on the side of all that, that jet lag. You know what's on the other side is that God's moving. And God's moving the same way here as He is over there. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Mark 16. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. 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 Stay with me. Stay with me. I don't want to lose you. You're a good group. Don't want to lose you. Anybody there? Is it up on the screen? They took it out of my Bible. (laughs) Now, I want to read you who we are. In verse 15 of chapter 16 says, And he said to them, Go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Do you qualify? Go, everybody. Every creature. He says when the whole world hears, then he comes. We've got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of prophecy been fulfilled. But you know what? You ain't never going to see me putting a, a big round circle on the date on the counter and say, he's coming right there. No, sir. The Bible says nobody knows the time or hour. But what we do know is, is there's a lot of signs showing us that we need to get busier than we are. There's a lot of things showing that this is the time. You're the tip of the spear. Do you see that? I want you to see that. You are the tip of the spear. You are the church. This is our finest hour to reach the world. I don't care if, if it's a Muslim. I don't care if it's, it's the guy that works with you at work. is the most negative there is. Every one of them knows that the world is shaken. That there's something up. That something ain't right. Something don't fit. It's because it's the birth pangs of Christ coming back. It's that, it's that shaking that's going to go on. It says everything that's going to shake is going to shake. And so we got to not only be ready, but we got to go out and we got to reach out these, this hand of Jesus and get after this world. The church is sitting here waiting. I hope they come in. And the world's out there going, man, I wish they'd come get me. Somebody come get me. Somebody show me the words of life. Someone teach me. Someone rescue me from this bondage that I'm in. And you are those rescuers. I said in the first service, and I'm going to say it now, it's just like a house being on fire. And there's kids and adults and old people up there on the roof. And there isn't one of you here that wouldn't throw a ladder up there and risk life or limb to save their life. And we have much more, greater possibilities and greater responsibilities. This, This world is lost and dying and eternally dying. And how we have the possibilities of that ladder that we send to them of reconciliation, of bringing them to Christ. That's what we our job is. That's what we do. And you know what? Turn your phone on 24-7. Go down there and walk around the street a little bit and find somebody that needs something. You, you are the salt of the earth. 
You are. You know what salt does? It preserves. It saves this world from imploding. Evil implodes upon itself. But you being the salt of the earth. It says you don't light a candle and put it under, under a bushel. But you put it on a stand where everybody can see. So everywhere you go, you change the atmosphere. Everywhere you walk, you change the atmosphere when you walk in the door. I don't care if you walk in a bar. I don't care if you walk in your mother-in-law's house. You are changing the atmosphere. Say amen, all you son-in-laws. Because God is calling us in this day to affect the world. Say amen. Brother, you know how much the Lord loves you? He loves you, man. He loves you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. And every one of us, I could do the same thing. Because God just keeps showing me. This and here's, they got the joy on them back there. And they got the hope of Jesus in them. And life is welling up in this one. It's, it's almost like, I talked to Bob about last night. It's, you're all living stones. You are these living stones that God's creating His temple out of. It's not made with hands. It's not made with, with physical things. This is just a building. But you are the temple of God. You are His sanctuary. And God is wanting to use you in these days to be a building fit for the kingdom. And He's calling us. Calling us. Do you hear the word? He's calling us to make a difference in the world. He's calling us. It says Jesus was moved with compassion upon the people. And, he, and what did He do? Everywhere He went. Let's go to Matthew 4. I love this. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And the, and the reason I keep talking about Jesus is because you know who you're, you're being shaped into the image of? You're shaped into the image of God. And the same Holy Spirit that was upon Him is the same one that's on you. And the same Spirit that raised, raised Jesus from the dead, it talks about in Romans 8, is the same Spirit inside of you. The same power, the same glory, the same things that God's trying to accomplish in this world. You have all authority and all power has been given to you. Read with me. Read with me here. In Matthew 4. It's verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. We're supposed to see the gospel of the kingdom come here. We don't have to wait till we walk on, on, on streets of gold and, and pearly gates and all those wonderful things in the presence of God. But we are to bring the, uh, my kingdom come. And in order for that to understand, we got to understand our dominion. We need to understand the power and authority that God has given us. And he says in Jesus, and he preached in the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went about throughout all the sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments. And those who were possessed with devils. And those who were lunatics and those who had the palsy. And he healed them. And there followed him a great multitude of people from Galilee and from Decropolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and beyond the Jordan. If you, if you read that and then you read the first chapter of Acts, you'll, you'll plug in some of those cities and you'll understand. He says that the Holy Spirit came and He drawed people from first in Jumeria and to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of, of this world. And so this is your Jerusalem. And this out there in the street is your Samaria. And to the uttermost parts of the world is wherever else God calls you. But you are to be faithful where God has called you. He has called you here. He has called you at this place in your life. And He wants to use you mightily in these days. Say amen. amen. Glory. You guys, you guys are the righteousness of God. When I look out here, I see the righteousness of God. And when you start to understand there's nothing else you can do to make yourself better. You can't make yourself more worthy. You can't go and beat yourself like the, like the heathens do and try to make yourself more worthy because you are bought with the most precious thing that's ever been given. He says that pearl, sell everything you have and buy that pearl of great price. That pearl, that thing that has set you free from all the pain, all the suffering, all the mistakes, everything in this world. I'm free. And what is, what can you pay for freedom? And just think every time you ride by somebody and they got a snarly face beside you, think about it. I could set them free, God. Help me get in. Give me some place to talk to them. Give me opportunity to be there. Give me some place, God, where I can share. Give me somebody I can pray for. Give me a phone number you want me to call, God, because I'm going to make a difference in this world. Amen? Amen. Let's keep going. It says in verse 10 also of, of chapter 5 of Matthew, it says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness, sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This says the world hated Jesus and they're going to hate you. But they hate you until you bring them to Christ. Remember, that out there is not your enemy. 
For a long time, we always thought, that, that's the world out there. We don't that is your seed. That is your flock out there. That is your world that we're going to reach. Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Amen? But i got to talk to you so you understand who you are to accomplish this. Because if you'll start seeing yourself from heaven to earth, you'll start seeing yourself the way Christ sees you, the way you think, the way you talk, the way you move, the way you walk into a room. I'm a priest and a king, and I reign and rule on the earth. That's what it says in Revelations 5.10. He says, we are a priest and a king, and we, we do rule on this earth. And if you will understand that and begin to speak that out, that you are kings and priests, and you have all the authority given to you by the kingdom, by Jesus, when he said, it is finished, all those things came to you. Those three days that Jesus was gone, you know where he was? He was in hell setting the captives free. And it says publicly in Colossians that he paraded them around naked after it was all over to show that I'm the boss now. Let's go to, let's go to Psalms 8. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 4 of Psalms 8 says, For what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angel and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. All things. And if we realize that we have all things under feet, that you can stand toe-to-toe with, with every princely power, every demonic thing that's in this world, that you have authority and power. It is under your foot. It is under your foot. But we won't realize that. We think sometimes it's just this battle that's just raging, and it's a little bit of God and a little bit of the devil, a little bit of God. It's nothing like that. That's the reason I deputize you to be sheriffs, because the enemy is trespassing on this world. Sickness and disease has no right. Disease and sickness is a lie. It was already paid for, already said, by your stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53 tells us that it's by his stripes we are healed. And so if that is true, it says all things, all things is under our feet. So I want you to understand that everything is under your feet. Every demonic power, every, every sickness, every disease in this world is under our feet. But we, if we walk and exercise it, it's like you watch a boxer coming into the ring. Okay, and there's a there's a guy that's always favored. And then there here comes this other guy. Okay, he's scrappy. He's he's uh, he he don't look like he's got it in him, but he's got heart. You know what I mean? God has given us heart for this world and heart always beats strength. Heart always beats those things that look like I got got you got to see it. David, you know. Samuel said, surely this is the one when he looked at the first son. But no, it was a little guy out there watching the sheep and carrying around rocks. You know, that was the guy that was going to be anointed king. And so I got to say to you, you are part of that. You are priests and kings and you ran and ruled on the earth. And so if you'll see where God sees you, then you'll see the potential and possibilities that God wants to use you for in these days. Say amen. Woo, glory. How long I got? I got five more minutes. All right, here's the deal. I want to take you through Ephesians. I want you to see who you are in Christ. I want you to understand what God's doing right now. Because if you'll understand this, when we walk into a gypsy village, we walk into a, to a how else can I say it? Demonic things live there, okay? And, and, the, and the truth of the matter is, is that it's not us that walk in there. It's the Jesus and the angels that go before us. I'm not going in there fighting that battle. Nuh-uh. I can't. But when I go in the authority and power of Jesus, I'm a priest and a king and I ran and ruled the earth, and I walk in that authority, demons tremble. Demons have to bow their knees. Sickness has to bow their knees. In the gypsy village, they don't have the ability to go to the doctor. They don't have the ability to get the operation. They don't have the ability to go get someone to, to take care of their financial problems. Either Jesus shows up or they're lost. Or Jesus shows up and they die. And so I want to encourage you that we are on the same plane. We just don't realize it. We are at the same place, the same juncture in life. And we realize that without Jesus showing up, we are nothing. We're nothing. But now in these days, I want to talk to you. It says we are troubled on every side. This is, this is 2 Corinthians 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. 
Anytime you see in the word where it says power, it usually means authority. And God wants you just to understand your authority in Christ. Somebody's going down the road doing 70 miles an hour, and a policeman steps out. What are you going to do? You're going to pull over. Why? He has the authority. And now, if I walk over and there's a light switch, and I can't see and it's dark, but the light switch is here, but I never turn it on. Is the power there? Power's there, but I never turned it on. I have the authority, but I'm not turning it on. I want you to tell you in your walk with Jesus today that you have authority and power. And you're to turn that switch on. That you're to step out there. He says you are ambassadors to Christ. I want to read it to you. He says in verse 20 of, of 2 Corinthians 5, it says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ did be ye reconciled unto God. And if you are an ambassador, you know what it means? What does it mean? Some of you is here in the first service. What did I say? If I'm, if I'm the ambassador of, of, for the U.S., behind me is every warship, every Tomahawk missile, every 90 and 120 millimeter gun, every bullet is behind me. So all that authority, I walk not in my authority, being the authority that God has given me to have dominion over the earth. Once Jesus took it back and it said it is finished, his dominion, the devil's dominion was over. He lost. Set, match, game. No longer did he have anything. But what he does is he lies, he cheats, and he tries to malign the word. He doesn't, you'll see when Jesus says, it is written. Everything, it says heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God never will. And so if we understand that when we're in a battle, when we're in a fray, then we've got to use the word. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So many times, I, I bet I've quoted that a million times. You know why? Because I'm scared. I'll just be honest with you, I'm scared. But when I start speaking the word, I well, my spirit wells up inside of me. And I do not have the spirit of fear, but I have the spirit of power and I have the spirit of a sound mind. Because the devil wants to drive you crazy. He's a serial killer. Do you understand that? He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy your life, destroy your kids. Moms, dads, uncles, dads, you understand the devil's after your seed. He's, he kind of, he's sidestepping you right now, but you got to protect your seed. Your seed is the next generation. The seed is the millennials. The seed is part of, of the tip of the spear that we have to pray and believe and see him accomplish what God's calling him to do. Amen? And so, so be careful. Be careful. The Bible says it's real plain. It says you've got to first bind the strong man if you're going to plunder somebody's house. Well, Jesus already bound the strong man and we're to plunder his house. I'm tired. He says, let him who is stolen steal no more. And so I'm coming back. I'm on the offensive. I'm coming back. I want back what the enemy's stolen from me. I'm tearing down strongholds. No weapon formed against me can prosper. I take every authority into captivity because I am Christ in Christ. He is in me. It says, walk ye therefore in Christ. Be as Christ. All these times you see it in the Word, it's talking to you. And that's the reason I want you to see yourself as God sees you from heaven. Because when he sees you, he sees a ten foot tall, just a machine of glory, of his presence and his righteousness. And, and if and they come up against some of the little imp demons, he's going, watch this. And he says, pow, gone, baby. And I just want you to understand this, that that's who you are. But the devil will try to convince you that you aren't. What do you think? You believe me? Good. Because it's true, because the word says it. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians 1, and I'm going to close. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with you. Thank you for the possibilities of God. Because you and me together, we are the living stones. And you are a part of me, and I'm a part of you. You and me, I was telling Bob last night, you're a word. And me and you together, we become a sentence, or a couple words. And that sentence becomes a paragraph. And that paragraph becomes a story. And that story becomes part of what the... We're writing Acts chapter 29. There's only 28 chapters, but we're writing 29. You know that? You know that? We're going to be in there. We're going to be in there. And so, Ephesians 1. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Glory. Glory. Thank you, Father. 
Verse 17 of 1 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and knowledge of Him. Meditate on that. Ask the God, Lord, I need today, I need revelation, knowledge, and wisdom. We need it. So do we need it today. Because the rest of the world are looking to you. We have so many gifts. We have wisdom. We have knowledge. We have the nine gifts of the spirits. We have the fruit of the spirit. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. It's not even fair to the rest of the world. You know, if we would just walk and realize what all we have, we got all the package, every bit of it. And you're not better than me. And I'm not better than you. But together, we are, we are magnificent. Because we are magnificent in Christ. Amen? And it says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is the riches of His glory, and His inheritance in the saints. The riches of His glory. You are the recipients. You are sons and daughters of God. He says, I no longer call you slaves, but I call you sons and daughters. And no daddy in the world would ever want to see his kids do bad. He'd never want to see you be poor. He'd never want to see you do without. But your daddy, your God in heaven, Abba, Father, is taking care of you. Everything you have need of. And some of you are going through super duper big problems in your life. And you're thinking, is that true? It's true. Every one of us in here got problems. Every one of us. Every one of us has made mistakes. Every one of us needs a touch in our body. Every one of us needs more of Jesus. So we're all in the same boat. It's a level plane. But Jesus made it, made it level, not us. We are the righteousness of God. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power or His authority towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power? What is it? What is it? Let's go, let's go. He says, which He wrought in Christ. If you guys will go through all the epistles and underline every time it says in Christ, there's 176 times it says you are in Christ. You are in Christ. Old Testament talks about you. the Holy Spirit is upon you. But once that temporal veil was busted, now Christ is in you. The hope of glory. He's in you. Can you imagine walking around knowing you've got, got this power inside of you? It's more powerful than any hurricane, more powerful than the Hoover Dam, more powerful than anything that the, the world's ever seen, more powerful than a hydrogen bomb. You, who, who in the world can make a limb grow out? Who? Who in the world can, can touch a man that's dying and ready to, to leave this world? And he, who can say to a dead man, rise in the name of Jesus? That's the kind of power that you walk around with. You are walking around with the switch that turns on all the power, the amperage that you turn on. It isn't the volts that kill you, it's the amps, right, Bob? And so I want to know that, that everything you need, every bit of amperage you've got to have, it's there. Just turn it on. Believe what the Word says about you. And it says, when he wrought in Christ who raised him from the dead. And you, he says, if something has to die, it's got to be raised. And you have been risen together with him. Christ has raised us together. And so keep going here. And it says, and he has set at his own right hand in heavenly places. Jesus, now we now understand this. He sets in heavenly places on the right hand of the Father. Okay? And we're thinking, wow, he's way up there and we're dead. Uh-uh. Just keep going. Let's see this. And it says, and then it goes, and look at this. Far above. Far above. That's how this sentence starts. All principalities and powers and might and dominion, every name is named not only in this world, but also in the world which is to come. We are far above. And so we have to walk in that. When you walk into a situation, I'm far above this, God. I don't care what the enemies throw at me. I'm far above this situation. And it says in Genesis, in all dominion and authority, he said he put enmity between me and thee underneath my foot, that the serpent, my foot is on his head and he will bruise my heel. But he is defeated at the cross. There is no more that he can do. And I want you to understand that the authority I talked about as a, as a policeman sticks out his hand, that same authority you have. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you put up a standard. You have the right to tear down these strongholds of the enemy. Tear down these strongholds of addiction in America. Tear down these, these problems of racism in America. I love this country. This is the greatest country the world ever made. It was made because people loved Jesus and wanted to see their, his name exalted. No other nation on the earth can say that. That's the rise the world comes against us. That's why there's such a division. But we have the, this spirit of reconciliation. We can break that. We can break that spirit. And so he says, put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over, the, over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that fulfilled all and in all. Everything. Now look at this. Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, went and sat at the right hand of the Father. But I want you to see that you also are on the right hand of Jesus. 
So I want you to read here in, in Colossians 2, or Ephesians 2, in verse 6. And he hath raised us up together and has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So not only are we far above, not only we sit with Christ at the right hand of the Father, but all authority and power in every demonic world, we have authority over it. Everything is here. Everything that we allow, the, 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 the possibilities that we allow, is because we're not using this. It says we use the word to renew our minds. Every time you read this, it speaks. Every time you open it up, it's like an onion. You peel it off and there's something else. And you peel it off and there's something else. And so God wants the church to be full of the Word. He wants us to speak it, talk it, teach it. He wants us to, uh, to just... What's the Word? Help me, God. Come on, God. I'll get it here in a second. Immerse. God wants us to immerse ourselves in the Word. He wants us to be in the Word. He wants us to speak it. He wants us to see it when the enemy comes against us. We don't think them dumb thoughts. We take authority and say, in the name of Jesus, you don't have any authority in this situation. And so now I want to, I want to read one more thing and then, and then I'm done. It's Ephesians 3 and verse 14. It says, For this I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom the whole earth and family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. I want you to understand that not only do you have all authority and power and every satanic power is under your foot, but he is also encouraging your spirit to accomplish every task, every purpose he's called you to accomplish. He is putting it inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. You know, every gift in the Bible is motivated by love. That's the reason you see people start using the gifts and it's not in love. It stops. But love unlocks all the gifts. And it says, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Can you imagine, can you imagine your body can contain the fullness of God? You can get so much more than where you are right now with God. I can get so much closer to God than what I am right now. And he just keeps saying, come on, come on, come on. I say, put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. And it says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. All. Did you hear that? Somebody over here had it. What's all mean? Everything. The same way if you hear it far above it is finished, far above, it is finished, exceedingly, abundantly. Everything about God is yes and amen. Everything in His kingdom is about wanting us to see the who we are in Him. The devil lied to me for so many years, I thought nobody else knew, went through what I went through. And then I started looking around, everybody went through what I went through. You're not unique. You're unique in Christ, but you're not unique to the attacks and lies of the enemy. But you have power and authority to tear down the kingdom of darkness. The same way we walk is the same way he walked. And he says you are to emulate him, to become like him, be shaped like him. The same Holy Spirit that operates in Jesus operates in you. And so normal Christianity is the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised and demons are cast out. That is normal. But we've made it paranormal. We've made that just for the special, really holy people that do that kind. Bull, that's not true. It's for every one of us. Every one of us. You see someone in a market that's sick, someone who can't get out of a chair, someone that needs a touch, someone that's hurting, someone that's crying. Go lay a hand on them. Terry does it all the time. I don't know if you know Terry wears oxygen. But you know, it's a trick because everybody feels sorry for her. We're in the market, they feel sorry. They don't know inside there there's a lioness that's going to talk to them about Jesus. And, and, and I just, we've, we've, since Terry got sick, we've seen more people come to Christ than we ever would have. Do what I picked it? Never. Is, is it something that, that I want someone else to have to go through? Never. But because of it, because of it, God is using it for His glory. And Father, I don't understand it, but I just want to stay in the game, Lord. Don't, don't take me out. Don't take me out, Lord. And I said earlier to the other thing, you guys, some of you just played football in here. How do you break up the sweep? How do you do that? It's coming around your side. What are you going to do? You've got to use your body. The Bible says real plain. He says, God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't take, he gave. 
And God so loved the world that he gave. And he says, so also you, you've been given freely, freely gift. Freely give. So go out there. Go out there to a dying, sick, addicted world that's lost and alone and scared and dying and going to hell. And you be salt and light to them. You be the good Samaritan. You be the, the one that goes out there. And, and it wasn't the religious people to help the good Samaritan. You guys know the story. It was a guy that nobody would believe. And I'm just going to say to you, Corinthians 1.27, God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And there's many of you in here God's calling and speaking to. He wants you to know that you're, you're called, you're special, you're unique. He wants you to understand that you have a place in this world, that the, that the, that the house of God won't be the same if you don't do what you're called to do. Do not despise small beginnings. Do not despise, and God may be putting huge things on you. I don't know what the Lord's going to say or do in your life, but I know this. It's good. It's good. And so I just want to say to anybody here that has a call, you want to, you want to go to the ends of the earth and, and, and preach Jesus, I want to pray with you. If you're sick in body, you need someone to lay hands on you and touch you, we're here. i got no place to go or any place I'd rather be than here with you guys. I want, I want to see God move in your life. I want to see him accomplish everything. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you go fishing, it ain't whether you catch anything, it's watching them kids catch them. And that's how I feel about you guys. I want you guys to catch your fish. I want you guys to see what God wants to use you to do. Because it's those times. This is the greatest hour for us to see the kingdom of God come. And to be ready for what God's getting ready to do. He loves you. He's encouraging you. He believes in you. He don't see you the way you see you. Not in, not in all things. But keep seeing. Keep seeking God. Keep spending time in the Word. Immerse yourself. Be full of Jesus. Be ready when it's time. And so, if you will, pray with me. Lord Jesus, we give you glory and praise and honor. Because you're worthy, God. Who else has the words of life? Where can I go? If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I climb to the heights of heaven, God, you're there. Thank you. Thank you, God, for always being there. Thank you, God, that your strength gives me hope. Thank you, Father, that your word gives me validity. Thank you, God, for each person here, God. I pray for the families, God. I pray for all the grandkids represented here, God. Cover them. Protect them. I put a hedge of protection around them. Cover them in the blood of Jesus. Protect them. I bind up the strong man that's come against them. And I loose them, God, from the assignments of the enemy. And I ask, God, in this, in this place, God, that there'd be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. That the signs and wonders and manifestations of the powers of God would move in each person's life. And they would see and expect and know, God, that these things are being accomplished by you, not by men. God, we're ready. Here we are, God. Put us in the game, God. Put us in, Lord. And we give you glory and praise for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.